Well, on behalf of our pastors, uh, Daryl and Kara Bilar, I want to say welcome home, whether you're watching online or in the building. Uh, we're excited, and we believe that this morning is a divine appointment that God wants to meet you. I believe he started meeting us already in this place. Matter of fact, he beat us here. And I believe that he has a word for us this morning. We are going into a brand new series on the Sermon on the Mount, some of Jesus' most challenging and pointed uh, teachings. And before we get going with this, I just want to emphasize a few things. I want to emphasize that this Sermon on the Mount is really a revelation of the Son of God. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's it helps us do something. It helps us to understand that it will exterminate all self-sufficiency. I don't know about you, but I like things that I can control. I like things that I'm good enough for. But when we look at Jesus, every time we're confronted with his teachings, we're reminded we in ourselves can never be sufficient enough or good enough. And it reminds us, watch this, that, that God's standards are higher than I ever thought. And my disobedience is greater than I ever realized. You know what else it reminds us of? It's it, it, the Sermon on the Mount when you read it and when we talk about it, it. It's not a goal to be accomplished. You know what it is? It's a wall we crash into and realize that we can't do it without the righteousness of Christ through us. And so I'm excited this morning because I believe this is a day that the Lord, as the song said, is going to fill us again. I don't know about you, I, I come into church like an empty pitcher in front of a full fountain named Jesus. Let's get into it. Imagine traveling miles and facing danger and hunger and thirst and the elements all to hear a rabbi from Nazareth. And that's what was happening in our text in Matthew chapter 5. They'd seen Jesus heal already. They'd seen him preach and uh, work miracles already. But now they are traveling with him and following him up the mountain to hear some profound things that he has to say. And one of the things that we have to understand before we even get into this is that the Sermon on the Mount is something where Jesus shows us that he changes the game. He contrasts our religious righteousness of the do's and the don'ts and the check boxes of I came to church and I read my Bible long enough and I prayed long enough and I did this and I did that. He comes and destroys all the religious ideas of righteousness and he begins to talk to the people that are listening about a righteousness that can only flow from him and only flow from within. And we read several verses earlier, but the one that I want to focus on this morning is Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And here's what it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, how many would say this morning, I, I want to be blessed? I desire to be blessed. As a matter of fact, many times when we pray, we pray, Lord, bless me and do this and do that. The problem is, is that our scope of what being blessed is so small. And when we look at it, many times we think of being blessed as being happy, but I think that that, that definition is not incorrect, but it is incomplete. Yeah. When we think about the blessing that can only come from God and only come from Jesus, blessing is talking about being empowered to prosper or move forward. It's talking about being positioned to 
live in God's favor. But watch this. It, 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 blessing is also talking about being characterized, my life being characterized by qualities that are only found in God. And so people, what we find when we just say being blessed is happy, we find that we can all be happy because of circumstances. I got a raise, so I'm happy. They, I got the car I wanted, so I'm happy. I got that person that I thought I wanted. Y'all will catch that in a minute. So I'm happy. But the truth is people can be happy because of circumstances, but they can only be blessed because of Christ. And if it's a choice of being happy or being blessed, I'm going to choose being blessed every single time. Let's look at how the Amplified talks about this verse in Matthew chapter 6. It says, blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in the state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What are we talking about? Uprightness and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. I don't know about you, but we can discover that this world promises something that it can't ever truly deliver. It, promise us, it promises us peace, but it can't truly deliver. It promises us satisfaction, but this world can't truly deliver. The only way we can ever truly be satisfied is to be in step with God. And to be in step with God is the only place of true fulfillment. You may be sitting in this room or watching online and something in you says, I know that there's more. I know that I was created for more. I know that, that, that God has more for me. But you always seem to find yourself kind of reaching out for something that you can't truly satisfy. And the reason you can't do it is because you can never satisfy yourself. Can I go further? They can never satisfy you. Can I go a little bit further? You can never satisfy you. It can never satisfy you. That thing that we're running after, if it's not Jesus, if it's not God, it can't satisfy you. So what I want to share with you in my few minutes with you this, this day is about hunger. Because I think it's important that we get back to a place of spiritual hunger again. In, the, in its most natural sense, hunger is this. It's a feeling of uneasiness or a painful sensation from a lack of food. How many of you have ever known somebody who's been hangry? How many of y'all don't confess here today? How many of you have been hangry yourself? You know, you know that, that you know, I can talk about me because people get mad passion when you talk about you, so I just talk about me. When I get hungry, I don't want to talk to anybody. You ever met somebody like that? How are you doing? Fine. What's wrong with you? I need some food. I need something right now. It's a, you know, so it's an uneasiness that, that's caused by a lack of food, but also we have to deal with appetite when we're talking about hunger and talking about a strong desire for something. And why is hunger and appetite important? If you're taking notes, write this down. We will always move in the direction of what we crave the most. We will always move, and this is why Jesus, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because he knows that it is our tendency that we are going to move and press and fight into what we desire the most, even if it's not good for us. How many of you remember when you were trying to get that boo? And you'd do anything. You'll spray, you'll take a bath in cologne and perfume. All because you were trying to get close to something you thought you needed. And wanted. You stay up all day on the phone just, just breathing. 
Not even, not even talking. You, y'all, oh, y'all don't do that? You know, the conversation dies, so you're kind of just like, what are you doing? I'm just listening to you. What are you doing? I'm just listening to you. Good night, good night, good night. Somebody's going to have to hang up this phone. But what's happening here, the point is, is you were hungry for something, so your actions were driving you towards it. Could I tell us that this morning, let's get hungry for Jesus again. Let's get hungry for him again. And here's why we need to get hungry for him, because whatever has your attention will ultimately have your affection. Whatever has your attention will ultimately have your affection. So whatever I'm focusing on, whatever I'm chasing, whatever I'm going after, understanding we can't do it because of Jesus, that is what's going to have my affection. Luke, 50, Luke 1, 53, in the first part of this says, he has filled the hungry with good things. This is important to, to realize he always, God always wants to fill us with good things. He doesn't just want to fill us with anything. But he wants to fill us with good things. And the problem is many of us won't receive what God has for us. We won't take in what God has for us simply because we're not hungry. And here's the hard truth. When we're not hungry, it's an indication that something is wrong. See, when we go to the doctor, the doctor many times, if we say we're not feeling well, the first question they might ask is, how's your appetite? How are you? How's your eating? What are you eating? I would challenge you that spiritually, if we find ourselves in a place, in that dry place, and we all get there from time to time, if we find ourselves there not being as hungry as we used to be, not being uh, uh, craving the things of God as much as we used to, I would challenge us that there may be something wrong that we need to press into so that we can get closer to God. See, whether you like it or not, the body of Christ is in a move of God. Can I go further? Journey family, we are in the midst of a move of God right now. We're not going, we're not praying for revival. Revival is here. See, what God is doing now, we just got to step in. Oh, preaching before I want to. Let me, let me. God doesn't just want to fill us, but he wants to fill us with good things. Can I go further? Psalm 81 verse 10 says this, for it was I, the Lord, your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Watch this. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. You know what he's saying? You need to put yourself in a position so that your hunger can be satisfied. You need to put your heart in a position where the deepest places in you can be satisfied. It is not a coincidence that Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for right standing with God. See, this type of hunger is different than the natural hunger I was talking about. This hunger that Jesus is talking about here, he's referring to a spiritual hunger and a thirst. It's an impulse towards righteousness. Why does that challenge my flesh? It challenges my flesh because I can't attain it on my own. I can never be good enough to be right with God on my own. Can we just acknowledge that and get free this morning? I don't have what it takes on my own to be right with him. But thank God for the cross. Every time I see my inadequacy, all I've got to do is look to the cross of Calvary and think about the blood of Jesus. I I love how the old mothers used to say, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, in other words, this hunger here that Jesus is talking about 
It's a desire so intense that if you don't fulfill it, something in you will die. That's our reality check. See, our walk with the Lord is not simply a suggestion. It's not a good idea. It's a necessity. Hmm. When he says open our mouth wide, we, we, many times we read the scriptures too, foul, too fast. The mouth deals with the entrance. It deals with the opening to the necessities of life. It deals with places of intimacy. See, we eat with our mouth. We drink with our mouth. We breathe with our mouth. We express with our mouth. So he's saying open up those places so I can fill you. But here's the problem. Many of us may have even come in today watching online. We spent our entire lives trying to fill voids ourselves that only Jesus can fill. Don't you know that when you're pressed, if we could be honest, when we're pressed in our life and when we're struggling in our life, we will always run to what's familiar to us. I want to let that sink in because some of the things that are not familiar, some of the things that are familiar to us are not godly. And some of the things that we are used to, have, Jesus has nothing to do with. And so maybe God allowed you to be watching online or to be in this room today because today is a day you get a reset. Today is a day that you say, you know what? I know where I've been, but I know where Jesus wants to take me. And if I can just get a glimpse of where he wants to take me, I'm going to open my life up so that he can fill those deepest places and those deepest desires. And you know what? When he fills it, Watch this. Everything else just seems to pale in comparison. The prophet Isaiah described it like this many years before in Isaiah 55, verses 2 through 3. And this is what he says. Why do you spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Why do you pay for food that doesn't do you any good? He says, listen to me. And eat what's good. He said, you will enjoy the finest food. He said, come to me with your ears open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. Let me, let me summarize what's happening here. He says, we often settle for something that satisfies temporarily. But God wants to give us the only thing that will fill us for eternity. Can I just bring it down a little bit here? It's kind of like that old Campbell soup commercial. There ain't nothing like the real thing. And see, some of us thought we had it good till we had a little experience with Jesus and we realized that there ain't nothing. Yes, that's proper English today. Ain't nothing like the real thing. And so in John 6, 35, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. See, some of us can't even fathom that kind of moment. Because all we think about is the temporary. And I got to have my money right. And I got to have this right. But, but what about our heart? What about the thing that Jesus wants the most? What if I said, I'm going to position my heart today and say, Lord, I'm hungry. 
I don't want just more of you. I want everything that you have for me. Here's why. Because when we truly experience Jesus, nothing short of him will ever satisfy us again. And could I challenge you with this? What I think the issue is many times this is some of us need a reintroduction to Jesus. Oh, it's quiet in here. Some of us need a reintroduction to Jesus again. What do you mean, Pastor? Some of us need a reintroduction to the one who will always show up for the hungry. See, some of us need to meet again the one who turned water into wine. Some of us need to meet again the one who went through the streets healing those who were blind and opening up deaf ears and seeing shriveled hands come back whole again. I don't know if you know about that, but Jesus is still in the business of turning things around. And I believe that he's waiting for us to get hungry again. Stand to your feet. As I, I, I just want to challenge you here because I think some of us have forgotten. We sing about him. We lift our hands uh, about him. We talk about him. We even read about him. But some of us need to meet him again today. He's the one who raised the widow woman's to life. He's the one who found people who were troubled by demons and set them free. He's the one who healed those who were laying down. He took the paralyzed who had never walked and couldn't walk anymore and helped them to start walking again. Why are you saying all this, Pastor? Because some of us came in and we're facing impossible situations and the answer is not a checkbox. The answer is meeting him again. He's the one who spoke to the storm and commanded it to be still. How could we not be hungry for a man like this? He's the one when his disciples were on the boat, he came out walking on the water. What was he saying? I defy natural circumstances. Can I ask you a question this morning? No matter what you came in here with, how bad do you want him? See, you have to get to a place where your spirit cries out, just give me Jesus. If I don't have everything else I want in my life or feel that I need in my life, Bring me to a place of hunger that says, just give me Jesus. I don't need the fluff anymore. I don't need the games anymore. I'm hungry for a move of God in my life. I don't care what the people sitting next to me think. I'm going to ask you to do something. If you're in this room, we're going to begin worshiping in a minute. And I don't want you to wait. If you came in and you know, you know that your spirit is hungry and you know that you're hungry for God I want you to start coming right now and make this front your altar who cares what it looks like who cares who's next to you 
God has promised that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Your step of faith, strongholds are being broken as you come forward. The impossible is happening as you come forward. Your mind is being healed as you come forward. That's it, all over the room. If it's not you, stand with somebody that it is. Father, bless these who are filling this altar. Fill the hungry. Remind them that it's a new day in their life. It's a reset in their life. Their appetite is coming back again. Let them drink and never be thirsty again. Fill the deepest places against them as we simply say, Lord, we need revival. And we are surrendering ourselves, our walking forward. It's our declaration that we surrender. We can't do it on our own. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled.